Hello, and welcome back to the Charlie Jacobs podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. The playoffs have been amazing this year. I think they've been better than last year. They've been so much fun to watch every game. We have a game seven tomorrow, and I can't wait for that. My Knicks just got eliminated, but they had a great season. And as I've been watching all of these games, I have noticed that there is a lot of players flopping and the refs calling them fouls, even though they shouldn't be fouls. And sometimes the coaches don't challenge it because it's early in the game, or sometimes they don't have their challenge when it's late in the game, and it could ruin the ending of a game because someone gets foul shots when they really shouldn't. And right now, the NBA has a rule in place against flopping, but really, it just is a fine. And for these players, this the money that they have, and compared to what they're getting fined, really isn't going to affect them that much and change what they're doing because it's such a small amount compared to what they make. So I think there needs to be a different rule for flopping that could be... That could, that's not just a fine, and that's something that the NBA could use and kind of make it so flopping happens way less, and or just to stop it altogether. So my idea for a new flopping rule that does not disrupt the game is the way that you look at the flops during the game and the same rules applying to how you decide what a flop is, they're the same to what are out there. And during the game, the people in New York who are always checking the fouls whenever the refs put on the headphones and headsets to, and the microphones to talk to them, those guys are also checking for fouls as the games are going on. Every single time that they determine that there is a flop, then the other team will get a free throw for each flop at the start of the next quarter. Let's say it's Sixers-Celtics. The Sixers flop three times in the first quarter. The Celtics flop once. At the start of the next quarter, before, before it actually starts, then the Celtics would get the amount of free throws that the Sixers flopped. Like, for example, in this case, it would be three, and the Sixers would get one free throw for the one Celtics flop. So this would happen. This would be the same for the first quarter. At the end of the first, you get free throws at the start of the second. End of the second, you get free throws at the start of the third. End of the third, you get free throws at the start of the fourth. In the fourth quarter, though, it gets a little bit different. So you have the same thing for the first eight minutes of the fourth quarter until that four-minute media timeout around then. So after that timeout, after that media timeout, the players come back and they shoot their flop foul shots if there are any. And then for the last four minutes of the game, now each flop counts for two free throws to put a stress to stress that if they flop, it really could ruin the game because flopping sometimes does actually do the same thing. So giving two free throws for someone for someone getting called for a flop, the other team would get the two free throws. That is that is something that, that I think should be used. And also in the last four minutes of a quarter, every foul is reviewable if the refs think there may be a flop or obviously if the coach uses his challenge. And when a player in a season reaches 10 flops, then they would get suspended for one game and then, and then go on if they get to their 20th and they get another suspension and so on and so forth. So also, and to go along with that and with the challenging, so if a coach challenges any foul, I think that if they're successful, then they should get a challenge back, but that only get that challenge back once. And if it's not successful, same rules apply, they lose a timeout. And this really would not stop the flow of the game much, and it only maybe would at the end of a fourth quarter where the game is already very choppy and there's a lot of timeouts and there's a lot of fouls and challenges and when there's when there's teams fouling it just takes a long time so that would maybe be the only spot where it has a little bit more time but other than that the game would still run smoothly so that's my whole idea with flopping and now on to the other stuff going on with the NBA playoffs such as my Knicks just being eliminated last night 
Uh, Miami Heat, I give complete credit to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I went into this series thinking I would hate Jimmy and Bam, but coming out of the series, I actually really respect them, and they're both awesome players. I think it's crazy how Spolster found all these undrafted players who are knocking down almost every three-pointer they're taking, and the Knicks just couldn't seem to match that in some of the games mainly any of the games and then also obviously Jimmy Butler is awesome he did get hurt but that was the that was one of the only games the Heat lost in this series but they were still kept it very close Bam Adebayo last night in game six he was amazing he was hitting almost all of his mid-range shots and I just respect their game I think it's Spolstra great coach as I said about the undrafted players but also he kind of has the second little era he Earlier in his career, he had the LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh era where they won a couple titles. Now he has Jimmy and Bam where they've been to an NBA championship in the bubble as a five seed. And now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals as an eight seed waiting to play the winner of Celtics Sixers. But going on, going back to the Knicks, Brunson was awesome last night. RJ at the beginning, he was... He, w- he wasn't making his shots, but he was getting to the free throw line. He was making his free throws, so I thought it would be okay, but then he started missing almost everything. Kyle Lowry stole the ball from him a couple times, and especially down towards the end stretch of the game when he had that one steal, and then the Heat got the basket and kind of just put their lead up a little bit more. Um, RJ wasn't great. Julius Randle, 3 for 14 from the field. Very, very bad playoff performer. I... I loved Randall in the regular season, all-NBA third team. He's a great regular season player. Two years ago, he got us to the playoffs when we lost to the Hawks, but without him, we wouldn't have done that. But now Jalen Brunson. I think it's Brunson's team, and I think we probably have to move on from Randall. And if that means trading him or... We're not going to cut him, but we probably have to trade him, and we need to find a team that would be willing to do so. Like Because of his contract and because of his status, even though he was an all-NBA third, third, play, third team player, because of his lack of showing up in the playoffs, it might be harder to get a big package for him. Like some, some players that I would, as a Knicks fan, I would love, like, I mean, Porzingis is a guy come back to New York. He's a good shooter. Carl Anthony Towns. I know Stephen A said it last night. He, during halftime, he mentioned Kat's name. And also another guy I think would be a great fit alongside Brunson is Pascal Siakam because he could, if Mitchell Robinson stays on the team, if we don't trade him in that package, then Pascal could go back to what he's what he's used to playing back in the days of the Kawhi Leonard Raptors when they won the title, when he played the four and wasn't the center in a really awkwardly height kind of team because the whole Raptors team now is just a lot of tall wings, but Siakam could go back to being that, that true power forward. And Siakam's a great shooter. I think Siakam would be, as I said, an awesome fit alongside Brunson. But it is Brunson's team now. Another thing we could do is just to get more shooting around Brunson because we, in that series, the Knicks really lacked the good three-point shooting. Uh, it showed a lot. But, I mean, maybe maybe you trade Randall for Jordan Poole because of the contracts, even though Jordan Poole's not having great playoffs. And... And, and they just got eliminated. I don't personally love Jordan Poole, but that might be the type of player we have to go get because of the contract. And Jordan Poole, if maybe he's in the right scenario and maybe 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 Golden State's just not the right place for him and with all that pressure of being of them being in the tight the Warriors going to win four championships with Steph, but maybe Poole would do better as a guy who's kind of like a spot up shooter, or not just a spot up shooter, just kind of like a heat check guy, but in New York. And then another thing, another player, Bradley Beal, he's a good shooter. He just needs to stay healthy more. He's another guy, and his contract's awful. But 
the big thing that I would like the Knicks to do is trade for Zion. Like, b- before, before um, I've always had a little bit of issues with Zion because of his conditioning, but when he's on the court, he is amazing and he's unstoppable. Uh, Zion, I think if he wanted, if he wanted to play and cause I know back to the draft, he wanted to go to New York. And I think if he is in New York, he will actually keep his body more in shape. And if he gets hurt, he'll actually put in more work to get back to the court. Like in New Orleans, there was a couple setbacks, but it felt like, it felt like Zion was kind of going in a worse path when he was in New Orleans and he wasn't, it didn't seem like he was putting all of his energy into kind of rehabilitating his, like when he hurt his foot or any injury he has. Cause I don't know if he really wants to play in that city, but um, Zion actually he's pl- in his first four seasons. Zion has played more games than Joel Embiid did in his first four seasons. And now look at Embiid. Uh, I think one thing the Knicks could do is do a Randall, Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson, you kind of swap that for Jonas Valanciunas and Zion Williamson because Valanciunas is more of a he's more of a shooter. Zion's not the best shooter, but he's great. I mean, he's unstoppable in the paint. And Mitchell Robinson's not a shooter, but Randle he can be a shooter. So that's kind of a swap. I don't know if the Pelicans would do that, but maybe it might be getting them getting rid of Zion because he's had such this bad omen over their team the past few years because. He looks amazing, and their team looks great with him. But he hasn't been playing that much. But I don't. I can't promise that Zion would be healthy. But because there's a good chance he's just the same thing. It's just in a different city. And then we would give give up Randall and Mitchell Robinson for a guy who plays like 20 games a season. But that's that, and that's what I think the Knicks could do. We could also move RJ, but I don't know. Maybe let him develop a little bit more because in the playoffs he really showed something that was very good. He showed that before before that last game, he showed that he really improved and he showed that he could score. He needs to work on his right hand a little bit, but other than that, I think RJ's on the on the trend up. And now going on to the game for tomorrow, the Sixers Sixers Celtics game. I'm still gonna pick the Sixers to win tomorrow. I had them going into game six and then Tatum turned it on at the very end. But I do still think the Sixers are gonna win. They have the MVP. They have Harden who in this playoffs, especially in this series, Kind of feels like he's been playing kind of like how AD is over in over in LA with where AD is kind of having these games where you could tell right from the beginning whether he's gonna have a good game or a bad game and AD's AD really does the bare minimum but he does it in a way that he plays like he'll play really hard four games and if those are the four games that they win and they move on then that's that and they'll move on but I think Harden he's had two great games this series he's had three pretty bad games one okay game the game that Embiid took over and they won game five I think Harden's gonna have a good game I think Embiid's obviously gonna have a good game and I don't think Marcus Smart's gonna have 20 plus points again I think Jason Tatum will have a better game but I think it's gonna be a fun series because it's been kind of like this the whole time it's been very back and forth and a lot of people didn't really think the Sixers could keep up with the Celtics but they have proven that they can and now on to now the Western Conference Finals, Lakers, Nuggets. I have the Nuggets winning this, but I could, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers win with, as I said, with AD. AD has those four big games and he can maybe propel them. And it's crazy that it's a rematch of what the bubble Western Conference Finals was. And Jamal Murray, he has been, he has really taken, taken a step up in these playoffs. Um, Jokic is amazing. I've never seen a player like him. I've, it's crazy when you look at him. 
He's this tall guy who doesn't really look that athletic, but when you watch him play basketball, he always makes the right pass. He always makes the right move. He always knows when to take a shot. And every time he shoots it, even if it looks like a weird shot or even if it's contested, he always looks like he's going to make the shot. And I mean, it's crazy. His rebounding, his passing, I can't even say enough about him. He's, he's like majestic. He's amazing. And I hope that, I actually hope now with the Knicks out, I hope that the Nuggets win the title, give Jokic a ring and kind of kind of cement him more as one of those all-time players because in the regular season he has been that so far especially for a second round pick it's amazing and then the Lakers LeBron James is playing maybe the smartest basketball of his career like with how he's choo- like with how he's picking his spots I know last night in the game I was watching when he kind of hit his head a little bit on I forget who it was on the Warriors but then then he ran up the court, Schroeder passed it to him, and he drained a triple. I mean, stuff like that is just, it's like, feels like only really LeBron can do that because it's just LeBron is just a different kind of player. He's 38 and he's still playing at a high level. I wouldn't say he's the best on the team, but at, on some nights he can be the best on the Lakers. He obviously is trying to conserve himself because this Nuggets series is going to be the hardest one they've had all season, even though the Warriors were a challenge at some points. But I do think LeBron is exceptional and. LeBron likes this team you could tell because if LeBron didn't like this team he probably wouldn't be playing as hard and now that he has guys that have been stepping up on nights like Austin Reeves or Rui Hachimura or Jared Vanderbilt or D'Angelo Russell LeBron trusts these guys and I think that's a huge reason as to why they made it to where they are so far but now they have to go on to face the juggernaut of Nikola Jokic Um, and then you have the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, I've already talked about them, but I think that they're just a complete team. Everyone kind of wrote them off after they lost to the Hawks in that first playoff play-in game, but it's just crazy. It's crazy to think that, like, Duncan Robinson almost revived his career. Kevin Love, who got bought out from the Cavs, who wasn't playing there this season, like, very much, he's now a huge part of that team. Um, guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Drews, undrafted, it's amazing. Kayla Martin's been great. Kyle Lowry, who everyone thought was kind of too old to play, is now coming off the bench, and he's been a pest on defense, getting a lot of steals, just being an annoying player, but he's been great, and they've been making so many shots, and I think that the Eastern Series is going to be um, an amazing series. So is the Western Series. I can't wait for the NBA Finals. I could see any of the five teams winning it all, which is crazy because some years you don't say that. Like last year when the Mavs made it, after they beat the Suns, I didn't really think the Mavs were going to beat the we're going to beat the Warriors. But like this year, there's there's so many different things, and whatever happens, I think it's cool for whoever gets their ring, and it's just a great great season. And I love the playoffs so far. There's been a lot of close games, a lot of game sevens, and yeah, I've just been enjoying it. And as a fan, I can say that I'm happy with what I'm watching. So thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.